0: You are listening to the Phenom MLB show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network, powered by the most passionate young sports analyst in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom Podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show.
1: What's up and welcome back to episode 10 of the Rivalry Rundown presented by Phenom Media. I'm your host, Adam Green, alongside Drew Winkler and Jasper Abrahams. And uh, today, we uh, we're in a bit of a down week because... Uh, Spring training or pitchers and catchers just reported yesterday, so there's not much news related stuff going on. But uh, Jasper put together a bunch of great ideas for us to talk about today, so we have a pretty good episode planned. So, um, yeah, how are you guys doing today first?
2: I'm good. Excited that the MLB season is unofficially has begun with spring training.
3: There's snow on the ground here in New York and obviously Boston with you guys as well. But there's one thing that we know is true: baseball is in the air. Spring training is here and underway. Uh, very excited. Not sure about you guys too. Uh, it could be Boston's year, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, and let's let's get it started. Let's get let's yeah, get it
1: rolling. Gotta love the baseball in the air. I mean, it's that time of year again. But uh, for first thing we were gonna talk about is spring training. But I guess that's what we've just been doing. But my thing is, people get so excited. They're like, "Oh, baseball starts today," and it's kind of just pitchers and catchers report. And then you're like, "Oh, that's cool," and then you go on with your day like nothing happened. Because I mean, what do we what do we have to look forward to about that? I mean, there's really nothing. But uh,
2: I always uh, loved the um Red Sox like first games against BC and Northeastern, where they always like smoke them.
1: Yeah, the oh, it's great the annual tradition. But they're not doing that this year, right? No, no, didn't think so. Um. So first idea Jasper came up with was we got to draft a rotation with three players, three pitchers, and uh, I, I was confused. Do you want us to do three starters or, like, two starters and then, like, a reliever or just a... uh, I
3: would say three starters. So one, two, three. All right. So uh, the rotation, Adam, you, you could go first and then Drew, then me and back around
1: putting me uh, putting me right in the right in the spotlight but okay i uh, okay so my first guy my ace i would i would have to go with um this is for
3: the entire season we're, we're sticking to it right. uh whoever my ends three up guys for the
1: bragging rights at stake i have my first two guys i just can't decide who i would want to put out as the ace um I'm going to go with ace. I'm going to go with Jacob DeGrom. I think he's he's got to come out as my number one guy. But then following up, day two, I'm going to go Shane Bieber. It's my number two guy.
3: Well, I was, I was going to say
1: Drew draft oh. next. Oh, mm-hmm. Drew. Oh we're, oh, we're draft. We're going like that. Okay. I thought I was going one, two, three. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. My ace is Blake Snell. I'll go right off on a limb here.
3: Uh, I have a back-to-back right now. Adam, you went to Grom. Drew, you went to Snell. I'm going to go Beebs, Shane Bieber,
1: and Garrett Cole. Oh, stole my guy. <laughs> okay. Nope. All right. I, I was confused. Okay, that's my fault. Okay, so um, my number two guy, now that then, Bieber is off the board, we're doing I would. I would
3: believe Drew is up right now. S- snake. Oh, snake. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, snake.
1: You took, um, you took Bieber. Wait, wait, wait. So don't you have another pick? I took,
3: took two, and it goes back around. Who'd you, and wait, who would who'd who'd
1: right you take with
3: Bieber? I took Bieber
1: and Garrett Cole. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that. Okay. My fault.
2: Um, number two, I'll go with Jack Flaherty on the Cardinals.
1: All right. Now it's my turn. Uh, I am going to go with Max Freed as my number two guy. So I have uh, DeGrom and then Freed. And if it's Snake, it's my turn again, right? All right, so uh, my number three guy, this is a big pick for me. I don't know who's going to be my number three guy. Give me a second. got to think about this. Okay, I got it, actually. I am going to go with Walker Bueller as my number three guy.
2: My number three guy, I'm going to go with Lucas Giolito.
3: Um, for the last pick in the draft,
1: uh, Mr. Irrelevant, Trevor Bauer. Damn, Trevor Bauer. I was I was thinking about it. I'm like, do I take Bauer over Bueller? And I'm thinking, based off of what we were talking about last episode, I was like, no, I can't do that because we were just saying how I hate him, I don't like him, he's a look-at-me type of guy, so I couldn't go there. But, uh, yeah, he, I guess he's a good pitcher. I mean, I'll give him that. Got his bag. But uh, now, now, do you want to – debate whose rotation is better. Sure. Adam, why don't, why don't you uh, explain your aces, who your uh, two and three guys are? So I took the Grom first and then I got, uh, who was my number two guy? Oh, I took free Max Fried and then Bueller. So that's, that's a pretty good three right there. I would argue that I would think mine's a little better and Drew's because Gialito and Flaherty I would argue as of right now my guys are more advanced than those two but if you have uh, Bieber Cole and uh Trevor Bauer that that's a uh, that's up there I think it would be be between uh you and I so I don't know about that
2: wow no but uh I picked Blake Snell I I like where he's going and like that San Diego environment Need to escape Kevin Cash obviously Giolito, he's coming off that no-hitter last season. Who knows, he could spark some more magic this year. And Jack Flaherty's been very consistent the past couple of years and is a rising young talent in the game.
3: And for, for my ace, uh, the, I took the American League Young winner, Shane Bieber. Uh, Shane Bieber, Shane Bieber, no explanation there. Uh, and then we, we go down, Garrett Cole, New York Yankees ace expected to have a bounce back year. Uh, And route to a potential World Series headed to New York. Potential. Potential. Yeah, that's the key word. Uh, And then for my number three starter, can't believe he fell to number three is National League Cy Young winner, Trevor Bauer, the 40 million man. Uh, Recently signed with the Dodgers, expected to have a big role in the rotation. So
1: I'm happy with what I have uh, in in this draft. I, I couldn't take Bauer. Just couldn't do it. But, um, do you want to introduce the next thing? Because it was your, your idea. It's a pretty good idea. Of course.
3: So after the draft, we have scheduled, uh, we're going to do a one to two player draft. We, we each pick a guy, uh, to explain our top players to watch. They don't have to be an MVP. They don't have to be a Cy Young. They just have to be an impact player that you're, you're going to say, oh, baseball needs well a baseball fan needs to watch this guy for example obviously this is an example Fernando Tatis uh he's the face of baseball this offseason was his offseason uh to to really cash out and build his brand uh he he went on MOB the show he signed a mega extension contract last night we'll obviously talk, obviously talk about that um and he, hes the face of baseball, and it was declared this off season, so that would be an example of a player to watch
1: this coming season. Can I propose a quick idea? We don't have to do this. It's just, I don't know if you guys thought of, like thought about this before, but um, I was gonna say, do you want to do two people that are not on either the Red Sox or the Yankees? Or we That's don't a good even idea. have to. We don't have to do that. But just, That's a good idea. Uh, do you guys like have people in mind? Because I got to think about this for a second. I, Drew, I can start I, us off then. You go
2: first. Um, I'm going to go with NL MVP, Freddie Freeman. He's obviously coming off that MVP award, but also this is sort of like a contract year for him, free agency. He's going to be a free agent next year. And I think he's going to keep growing with that Braves team.
3: I, I have two guys, uh, both in the national league, one at the hot corner, one on the mound. Uh, my first player, is from the Windy City, Chicago, uh, third baseman Chris Bryant. Uh, we, we've obviously heard the rumors. We've seen uh, the trade, the mock trades for him. Uh, he's obviously on the trading block with the Cubs on the decline. And this year is his year. He needs to prove himself and raise his trade stock and ult- ultimately uh, earn himself a big contract, either with the Cubs or in the coming offseason. And then my second guy, is Marcus Stroman. Uh, he, he's coming off a year of arbitration, entering a contract year next year. Uh, certainly needs to prove himself this year after opting out of last season. Uh, he'll be a X factor in the Mets rotation uh, that that's looking to get back to the World Series with Lindor in their back pocket. So I'm excited for what Chris Bryant and Marcus Stroman have to, ha- have to
1: uh, prove this coming season. So both of you guys went with uh, people that are on the relatively older side for players. Um, I'm actually going to go in the opposite direction and both of my guys are coming out of the AL Central. They're both younger talents. My first guy is uh, Chicago White Sox, Luis Robert. I think he's going to have a very similar breakout, similar to what we saw uh, with Tatis. He had a pretty good first year. He was up there in the Rookie of the Year conversation, obviously he didn't win. Kyle Lewis did. But I, th- I think he's going to be one of the best young outfielders in the game by, by the end of 2022, 2020, 2023. So um, that's my first guy. My second guy is a pitcher. So I'm going to go with Casey Mize. I think he's one of the be- he was one of the best prospects coming up through the Tigers system. And uh, I- he didn't really have a huge numbers, good stat line year in his rookie season but I think next year he could really break out and he could become the Tigers ace and obviously they're just they're coming into a really good spot after their rebuild so they just had they just drafted Spencer Spencer Torkelson so I could see Mize being that number one guy by the end of this season.
2: Uh, I didn't do my second one yet but I have one in mind now. Um, I'm gonna go Joe Adele on the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, I really Hope the Angels can compete for that AL West next year. He's a young player with the MLB. There wasn't that much attention on him last year with like the whole coronavirus season. So hopefully he'll get more attention this year and break out even more.
1: Adele, that's a that's a good pick because I remember he had a lot of hype surrounding him when he just got called up, and then he didn't really do anything because it's not his fault. Just the Angels. When they have so much talent on that team with Trout, Pujols, we talk about this almost every episode, I feel like, but with that surrounding cast, you got you to gotta perform well. So I feel like uh, Adele kind of just got lost in the mix there, but that's definitely a really good pick for someone to have a breakout season if the Angels are going to be the team that they can be with all that talent. Do you think they will be this year? I don't. I just think history repeats itself. So as much as it sucks to say – I, I don't really see them breaking out as like a big AL contender, a team that can go to the World Series. I think they can make the playoffs because the AL West is not that great of a division anymore. So it's not like a, it wouldn't be really crazy to see them win. But just if they've had all this time to be the best team in that division and they've never done it, I, I don't see how they completely turn that around.
3: So, with with COVID obviously impacting last year's season and this coming season, uh, there, there's there been talks and rumors about potentially putting Major League Baseball inside a bubble, whether that be in Arlington, whether that be in LA, Miami, New York, wherever.
1: Uh, do you think the bubble will be the answer this season? What I What I was actually just about to say, I was going to ask you guys if you've seen the numbers, slowly going up in terms of vaccinations and COVID levels are slowly not not entirely a huge drop but they're slowly going down I mean it's getting a tiny bit better we're nowhere close toward we're nowhere close to the end of the tunnel yet but I was I was about to say with all this stuff trending in the right direction I don't think we're gonna have to resort to a bubble form anymore because they they had a pretty successful run last year obviously the Cardinals, the Marlins, um, they had a, a small outbreak, but I think it's going to be—I think it's going to go really well this year considering they've had a whole year of experience now of the um, format they were playing under. So I, I don't think there's going to be a bubble this season, and I obviously hope there isn't.
2: I'm going to take that a step further and say there will be fans this season without a bubble because I like what I've seen from the NBA and NHL. There have been fans in indoor arenas, which have been really interesting. Uh, the MLB, obviously, most of the stadiums are outdoors, so, and the summertime, so it'll probably be easier to see fans uh, in these normal ballparks.
3: I'm going to have to agree with both of you on this take. Uh, I, I believe we won't need to have a bubble, and adding on, I, I will believe there will be fans uh, in stadiums this year. We've seen it with the NBA, like you mentioned, Drew. We've seen it with the NHL uh, and, and multiple other leagues as well. Uh, And that's all indoors, and baseball is outdoors. So if you could do that uh, inside an arena, you could obviously do that outside in the fresh air and have fans at stadiums.
1: So actually, this uh, last weekend in Daytona Beach, Florida, the NASCAR had its biggest race of the year, in the, the Daytona 500, and they had over twenty thousand fans there. And I'm I believe that was the biggest event we've seen since the pandemic shut everything down in the country. So that's obviously a good trend, but obviously that's Florida and the restrictions are a bit lessened. So if we can see anything resembling that in the MLB this year, that would obviously be a great achievement, a win all around for the league, for the fans. Nothing. Because The fans um, make the game so much better. We saw that in NLCS in the World Series last year. So obviously that's a plus. But next idea we had was uh, Scion predictions. So that's pretty general. Uh, You guys want to start us off?
2: I can start us off, I
1: guess.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to go with my rotation guy, Blake Snell. He will win it in the National League. The American League, I'm probably going to have to go with your pick, Jasper. Shane Bieber, I think he repeats. Uh, I agree he's a player to watch, and I think you made a good pick there.
3: In the American League, uh, it's it's really a toss-up between two guys, maybe three. Uh, it's Bieber and Cole leading the pack, and there's obviously Giolito, Glasnow, and Ryu. Uh, but I'm going to have to go with my guy. New York Yankees ace Garrett Cole in the American League. Uh, speaks for himself, best pitcher in New York, uh, best pitcher in baseball. And then for the National League, the Crosstown rival New York Mets, I think they do have a Cy Young this year and Jacob DeGrom. And that would be a clean sweep for New York Garrett Cole in the American League and Jacob DeGrom in the National
1: League. I mean, you guys put it the best way possible. It's really down to just a few guys in either league. So there's not really anyone I can come in with that's like going to fly under the radar and have a huge breakout season. I mean, obviously I could be proven wrong and I could look really stupid in October. But as of right now, I have to agree. It's pretty much down to Cole, uh, Bieber, Giolito, even Glasnow and the AL for Cy Young. So I'm also going to take Bieber because I, I don't see how I could go any anywhere else. For the National League, though, it gets really interesting there because there's a lot of better pitchers in the National League now. And uh, there's it's really open, especially now that they have Blake Snell on that Padres team. You Darvish could be – he was obviously a great addition for the Padres. I could see him outperforming Snell. That wouldn't really surprise me. They got Bueller. They got – Bauer across uh, up in uh, California, uh, Los Angeles there. I don't know what I was just saying, but I'm going to go with also one of my rotation guys. I'm going to say Walker Bueller is going to win his first Cy Young for the Dodgers. And uh, we didn't talk about it last episode, but now that they got Bauer, are they, are they better than the Padres officially, officially now?
2: I'm going to go with no. I like where the Padres are going. I think the Padres are going to have a steep incline and they're going to get that piece they need, or a couple pieces in the rotation. And I think they're going to beat the Dodgers in the playoffs this year. I'm going to go strong opinion here, but maybe I'll be right. Maybe I'll be wrong.
3: I would have to say the Dodgers are the better team in California over the Padres. And this is because they're a World Series champion and they went out and signed a Cy Young winner, which which they already have too. They already have Gary, they already have Clayton Kershaw, excuse me, and Walker Bueller headlining the rotation. They went out, got Bauer just to prove a point and that they're saying, hey, we're the best team in baseball. Come after us. So they're they're sparking tension, they're sparking rivalries between the Padres and the NL West. Certainly gonna be a show for the coming
1: years. I was thinking about this earlier because right after the Padres, not the Padres, the Dodgers uh, locked up Bauer, they re-signed Justin Turner to play third base for them again. And that, that was a pretty good contract that he got. So the Dodgers payroll is that I think it's close to four to five times of the league, the league average they are paying Trevor Bauer more than the Orioles and a few other teams are paying their entire team. So what are your guys thoughts on a salary cap? Because that's kind of ridiculous that the Dodgers payroll is 230 million plus while you have some teams that are paying their entire team under $40 million.
2: I think this just contributes to the gap uh, being being too wide in the MLB between really good teams and really bad teams. Like, this is true in other sports, but to a lesser degree, like the some of the worst teams can beat the better teams. But in baseball, it, it doesn't happen too often, and it's not going to happen without a salary cap.
3: Adam, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip the switch real quick. I don't, I don't really necessarily think there has to be a salary cap, but I do think there should be a salary floor. Uh, we've seen this with the Pirates. We've seen it with multiple teams, including the Rays who made it to the World Series and said, hey, we don't want to pay this guy. Uh, Blake Snell, 11000000 million, we'll send him out. And it's just $11 million. Uh, they went out and signed some few other guys to stay under uh, $40 million, I believe. But if, if baseball wants to continue to grow, if baseball wants to co- continue to reach younger audiences uh, and build on the game, they need
1: to go out and sign the star players. So duh, did I, I don't really understand, did you have a problem with the raise not giving Snell that 11 million, or do you think that was like the right move? Well,
3: the, the main idea behind trading Blake Snell uh, was because his contract was too expensive, if I'm being honest, and it's 11 million. Most teams, well, 99 percent of the teams should be able to say, "Hey, we like this guy. And it's only 11 million. We'll keep him. And then the Rays went out and said, "No, no, no, we're not paying this guy 11 million dollars." So we they traded him and went out and signed a few other guys to stay under uh, that threshold. So I think this is bad for the game, and this this can't happen if if baseball wants to continue to grow.
1: I would actually uh, I agree with that philosophy that it would be a lot better if the those teams did re-sign their star players because it's better for the fan base, it's better for the team itself, good for the front office, it's a good look. But I would have to say by doing – by uh, having moves like that is actually how the Rays got themselves to the World Series last year. Uh, the former GM, now Red Sox, uh, chief of baseball operations, Chaim Bloom, he uh, he built that team by – Kind of finding these diamond in the rough guys, and he uh, didn't he didn't throw huge contracts contracts at them, but he built up that farm system, and he got key players when he needed to. Obviously, not for a lot, as I just said, but those players are were what put that team over, got them in the World Series, and just fell a little bit short to the Dodgers. Drew, do you have any uh,
3: standpoint on this?
2: Not like I agree that that's how the Rays gained uh, popularity as well as power. But I mean, it, it only works for the Rays. Like, what other, it's not worked for any other team. It's made everyone worse. The Orioles have been terrible, Pirates. And I, like I said earlier, it's contributing to this larger gap that we don't see as much in other sports. And it makes the teams way less even and the games less competitive.
1: Going back to the, uh, Padres we were just talking about them my god 14 years 340 million for Tatis that is absolutely nuts I I love it though I mean we all all three of us love Tatis on this podcast but but that is crazy what do you get? what you guys uh initial reacts initial reaction seeing that
2: I think it's great for him but I don't know how great it is for the Padres 14 years is it's a lot to lock in a player for. And I would have, if it was me, I would have done about eight or nine years because you still want to lock him in, but you don't want to be locked in for too long where you can't get rid of him.
3: And the thing about this contract is Tatis is only 22. Uh, We've seen mega contracts have been signed by players around the league, Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. But that was when they're, they hit the, the age 27 and had some MVPs, had some, uh, batting titles under their belt and Tatis safe to say he doesn't have any of that uh entering his age 22 season so this is a bit of a financial risk
1: uh for the Padres in this in this department yeah the Padres Padres are going all in with that contract but that's actually a really good point that you brought up about his age he's only 22 so at the end of this he'll be He'll be just coming out of his prime, I'd say. What what do you guys consider prime? Like twenty seven to like thirty ish, thirty one ish, around there. Yeah. So he'll be thirty four, thirty five when this contract ends. So that's not that's not bad. You can still produce at that level. We've seen it before. But when but Jasper was saying, we've seen guys like uh, who do you say Trout and Betts up the, almost. Uh, almost five, six years older than Tatis, yet these massive contracts. Another example I just thought of, no disrespect to Garrett Cole, but he's 30 and he still has another, what, 12 years on his contract, something like that? I think so, yeah. yeah. So my, my point is that these players are getting paid for what they've done in the past, for one, but also they're not going to take those contracts unless they're overpaid because they want to, they want the, what's the word I'm looking for? They want to know that they're financially secure and they're locked up. They are set for their entire career. I'm just looking up this uh, contract for, for what Tati's got and it's looking like he's gonna get 24 million a year, which is, that's absolutely nuts. I mean, he's played he's played less than 162 games. He hasn't even played a full season, and he's getting that kind of money. So, you guys, got anything to say? Anything? I saw
3: I saw when the news broke, Tatis is like you mentioned. He's he's getting 24 million a year by the Padres. Now, if you jump across country, head to Atlanta, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. He he signed a deal that is worth 14 to 15 million a year. Uh, and comparing that to Tatis, you, you could arguably say Acuna is the better player, who's getting paid ten million less per season. Uh, so, who would you pin the blame on Acuna? Would you pin the blame on his agent or even the Braves in this, in this category? I think the
2: Braves. I think the Braves are being just less risky, and they, I guess, they think he can stick around without like this huge bonus and huge massive contract.
1: I don't think it's really, like, a, I wouldn't play the blame game with this. I just think that the Padres are so, so uh, locked in on Tatis that they were going to give him, they were going to overpay him millions of dollars to secure him for the majority of his career. And uh, Acuna, I mean, I guess his agent could have done a little better in trying to work a contract for him. But obviously that was that was almost two years ago now so they didn't know these massive contracts would be given out to players like Machado, Cole, Mookie. So they, they obviously could have maybe uh, gotten a little more a longer contract, but I think it's good, obviously a good contract because he's locked up for like seven more years with the Braves, and they're obviously a really good team, but I, I get where you're coming from on that. Does that that wrap up our show, or, Adam, do do you have more topics, too? uh, I was going to talk about uh, Benintendi trade, but that's kind of old news now. I'm sure everybody has formulated their thoughts on that. So if we really want, I guess we can get into that next week when we hear more about where players have been practicing because uh, pitchers and catchers only reported, so we're going to have to wait for the rest of the teams to show up. But that should wrap it up, so – think of today was a pretty good show you guys got any final thoughts
2: uh great to make some predictions hopefully they'll uh do well for us we'll analyze them come october november end of the baseball season but yeah that's gonna wrap it up we'll see you next time
4: It's up.